Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Hey, good afternoon. Time for uh, Sports Nothing But Sports, where George is here on the northeast side of Indianapolis, as we are periodically. It's Wednesday, February 26, 2020, and we're sitting across from the uh, the esteemed recruiting analyst, the, the greatest, the great Brian Snow. How you doing, Brian? Exhausted. Are you? Yes. At, at being angry with people on Twitter, is this what I exhausts you the most? I have not been angry with people on Twitter. <laughs> people have been angry with me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get right to it because Christian Lander commits to Indiana, number 11 guy in 247sports.com in the class of 2021. How good is he? What did Indiana get? He's, he's very good. He's an extremely talented player. He's tall. He's athletic. He can shoot. He's a good passer. He's really everything you look for in a point guard, but he needs time. I mean, I think that's what people don't understand. They see five-star player commits, and they think, Oh my God, he's going to be wonderful. What, what? Just relax. Still, you know, still needs to add strength. He's still 17 years old. I think expectations always need to be put in perspective. College basketball is really hard. Yeah, it's really hard for a 17-year-old, 18-year-old, 19-year-old. But he's a very good prospect who can be a very good player. He just needs continued development, and he, you know, he needs to keep working hard and keep getting better. Hopefully Indiana fans have kind of learned to moderate their expectations with freshmen coming in. Trace has been terrific. Romeo was kind of up and down, whether that was just him in a holding pattern before the NBA or injuries, that kind of thing. Where where does this kid compare to those two guys, despite the fact different size, different position? Um, Trace gets away with being big and athletic, more so than being a refined basketball player which is easier to do when you're six foot nine, 225 pounds or whatever he is. Um, but even then, you've seen a lot of inconsistencies from Trace, especially in Big Ten play. Sure. Um, Christian, you know, I think he can, you know, he, he, right now he's in 2021. He's talking about maybe 2020. If he goes 2020, I think that's going to be a major adjustment for him, major. If he stays 21, I think you're going to see another kid with peaks and valleys, good games, bad games. It's just the nature of the position. I mean, point guard's really hard to play as a true freshman. You know, only the most refined point guards 
can really impact things right away. And, and Christian's not quite that yet, but he's got the athleticism, the speed, the ability, natural ability to score and make others better, that there's going to be some games where it's like, wow, he's the best player on the court. Is Does he project as a one-and-done type kid? I'm sure he thinks he does. Yeah. Um, I would not project him as that. And certainly if he goes 20-20, there's virtually no chance. Heck, I don't even know if he'd be old enough per the rules. Um, but I, I would think he's a kid, a multiple-year-in-college kid. You, you never know for sure, but I, just to get his body right, to get his game right, to keep refining things, I, I think it would take him a couple years. Do you know his family? Is this one of the kids you've gotten to know well yeah, in the yeah, family? Yeah. What's the family like? Great people. Mom, Mom Brandy's a really nice lady. He's got a younger sister's justice news very involved during games and then uh you know his, his dad Keith is also very much there they're they're good people you know they're they're into they're involved the two parents are very much in the mix and Christian's a very grounded intelligent kid how do the parents view him you know what I mean because with Romeo like we all knew that Romeo's dad mm-hmm. was kind of pulling the strings and wanted Romeo in the NBA as soon as possible I, I don't think it's to that extent okay I, I don't but I do think, you know, like most parents, they have a high opinion of their son's ability and, you know, want him to reach his goals as quickly as he possibly can. Uh, but I don't think it's like a Romeo situation where Romeo could have averaged 0.1 points and 0.2 rebounds a game, and he still would have gone to the NBA draft because his dad would have made him. Um, so I, I don't think it's at that point, but I do think, you know, his parents certainly view him as a, an NBA player, and whether that's one, two, three, four years you know, I think they're going to let that be determined. But, you know, like all parents, they have a high opinion of their son, and they want their son to reach his goals and dreams. This is kind of a uh, this is new territory, really. It's the first Evansville recruit that Indiana's gotten that I can remember in quite a long time. And maybe I'm forgetting somebody, but you almost go back to Cheney to get an Evansville kid to Indiana. What was kind of the, the lever that made him pledge IU? Um, you know, well, first thing is he wanted to be close to home. So, really, that basically narrowed it down to Indiana and Louisville. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Indiana did a very good job recruiting him basically from day one. Um, and this is Ostrom, right? Yeah, Tom Ostrom did a great job. Archie Miller did a good job. Uh, so, you know, the assistants, the head coach, they played him a ton of attention, built a good relationship, built the trust of the family, the mom, the dad, the sister. They all really believed in Indiana, Coach Ostrom, Coach Miller, the whole deal. So, but, you know, staying close to home really made it kind of a two-school deal and, you know, ultimately decided Indiana was right for him. Okay, let's move on to uh, another kid. We'll get back to Indiana in, in a second, but Butler's got a visit coming up with, uh, with Pierce Thomas, right, from yeah. Brownsburg. Uh, what, who's he? What's he do? And why should Butler fans be excited or not? Yeah, Pierce is a, he's a junior as well, 2021 kid. He just recently made an unofficial visit to Cincinnati. He's been to Cincinnati, I think, three, three four times here recently. Um, so this official visit to Butler is going to be big. Uh, right now it's basically Butler and Cincinnati. Those are the two schools pushing for him. And he's a big-time wing athlete. You know, he's like eighth-grade world record holder in the long jump. He really? Can, yeah. It, it's, I, I, don't, I think he's been the state title, state champion in the long jump the past couple years. I could be wrong on that. So he's a really good athlete. Now, it doesn't always show through on a basketball court. He's still kind of a track guy learning to play basketball. So that, that's a growth area for him is so that athleticism pops all the time. But what you're looking at with, with Pierce is you're hoping in time he becomes an elite defender who can also make threes, so kind of a 3 and D wing. He's big. He's a, you know got a pretty good motor. 
smart, very smart kid. So, you know, he's a little raw to basketball. He splits a lot of time in the spring and summer between basketball and track. So that, that one's going to be interesting, but I think that one's moving quickly and there could be a decision, you know, somewhat soon. How about Caleb First? Caleb First, I see on 247sports.com. You know I'm a subscriber because I love your work and <laughs> Rab Johns and No one loves Rab Johns' work. <laughs> First, it says that uh, there's one analyst who believes he's projecting him to go to Michigan State. He, you love this. He doesn't look like an Indiana kid to me. What do you think of Caleb First, and what are his prospects? One day I'll figure out what an Indiana kid looks like, <laughs> but that day is not today. Um, you know, he, he's him and his dad and his mom, too. They are very analytical people. It's going to be a very process-driven situation. Visits, break it down, you know, rosters. It, it, I, I think that's going to be a more extended process. Um, you know, right now you hear Purdue for some people, Virginia, other people, Michigan State, North Carolina has been in to see him. Indiana's in the mix as well. Um, sure. sure, we ignore it. So there, there's a lot going on there. I'm going to get a, uh, an Italian wrap. Of course, we're at George's and we're eating lunch, so uh, you get to hear us order. <laughs> uh, I'll do the black and chicken sandwich. Only lettuce on it, please. Okay. For your side with that Italian wrap. How about fruit? Okay. Fries. And fries. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Nice. Look at you. <laughs> Going to get in the fries like a youngster. <laughs> you are a youngster. No, I'm not. Okay. Uh, so, very analytical, mm-hmm. and they're going to try to figure this out in the best way that they can. Yeah. And, and this is a process for them. Yeah. Indiana, not quite as in the mix as like yeah. Purdue or Michigan State. You know, State. Indiana's been to see him here recently. I, people are trying to make Purdue and Michigan State kind of favorites. I, I'm going to hesitate on that. Because he just, looks like what they do. This yeah, is what I'm telling you. I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Like, does Xavier Tillman look like that? I, I don't know. Does Aaron Wheeler look like that? I don't know. Um, so th- that one I think's not as far down the road as maybe a cup as Christian was, obviously, and maybe a guy like Pierce Thomas. But, you know, Caleb's going to – he's a really good player. He's going to be an impact guy wherever he goes to college. He's pretty well refined. I mean, yeah. as a sophomore, yeah, he's watching him play high school. Yeah. He's he looks like a ready. senior. He's physically ready. He's mentally ready. You know, his ceiling might not be as high as some kids, but it, you know you're getting a really good college basketball player if you get Caleb first. What do we think about the Kaufman kid down at Silver Creek? You know, he's had a solid year. He hasn't had a great one, but he's still got kind of an upside. It's going to be interesting to see. Does the athleticism piece really come for him? How well does he develop as a shooter? Right now, Indiana, Xavier, Purdue, Louisville are kind of the main four you hear. North Carolina was recently in to see him. Kentucky's been in to see him a few times. Again, I think that one's going to take a little bit more time. So, it, you know, he, he's had a solid year. Hasn't, hasn't blown anybody away, but there's still a lot of potential left with Trey. He's got upside, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and that's what we've seen from the time he was a freshman. Yeah. He looked like a kid who projected yeah. toward playing at a high And he's level. not as physically mature as a guy like Caleb first yet. So you don't quite have the feel for what he's going to be. But, um, you know, he, he's got a lot of natural ability. That 2021 class in the state of Indiana that's a very that's deep. a good year for Indiana. Yeah, it's very deep. You have good players at the top. You have, you know, a depth of kids who are going to be right on that high major border. You know, like Jaden Taylor's already committed to Butler um, right. from Perry Meridian. Then, then you got you got a bunch of guys. Luke Goody's got high major offers. You can Brooks Barnheiser. You can just keep going down the list. So there could be 30, 40 kids go Division One. 
in that wow. class? Uh, it's it's deep at all levels, so it's a good class in Indiana. What do you think? And, and so we'll get into Indiana a little bit because the ups and downs with Indiana are magnified because the fan base is insane. We, we know that, and, and I'm a part of that. The highs were crazy high. The lows, fire everybody, start from scratch. Where is Indiana in, in your, like, your studied opinion from 30,000 feet? Where are they in the rebuild of that program? I mean, it's getting better. Is it exactly where everyone would want? No, but it's getting better. You're seeing this is called the development of a program. Indiana fans want four-year players who are going to develop over time, but they don't want to wait for the guys to develop. That doesn't work <laughs> really well. Um, like, you, you can't want it to be this way and then not like that process. You either like it or you don't. Right. Um, so, you know, it's a process. It's, it's going to keep evolving, keep developing. The roster was in a really weird spot when Tom left, and Archie's tried to build it. Has he made some mistakes? Yes, he has. He hasn't recruited enough guards. I mean, that's clear as freaking day. Right. He, he has not recruited enough guards, but he's trying to correct that mistake. You know, he's got Christian Lander committed, has three perimeter-type players signed. You know, they're trying to balance the roster better. So, you know, they're getting to that point, and, you know, they're becoming a team that you really have to worry about. Now, they have to get better on the road. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, some of that comes with age, maturity, the whole deal, and, and they're getting older. I mean, you know, it's it's building the roster the way he wants with his players that he can coach that can play in his system. One of the criticisms of Indiana is that they don't shoot the ball very well, and statistics bear that out. If you're Archie Miller, do you recruit shooters or do you build them? You recruit them. I mean, very rarely does a kid who can't shoot become a shooter. I mean, it's just right. not normal. Right. I mean, sure, it's, it happens. It, you develop within a window. Yeah. yeah, I mean, everyone's got certain skill sets. It's like, I want to be faster, so I'm going to run track. Well, I could work really hard. I'm still <laughs> not going to get a college scholarship right. on track. Right. It's just not going to happen. So, you know, everyone's got a specific skill set and a realistic ability within that skill set. So, you know, you, you have to develop, or you have to recruit them and then develop them. And, you know, Anthony Leal, he's a good shooter. Jordan Geronimo can make threes. Thank you. Uh, you know, Trey Galway's an okay shooter. You know, that's not really going to be his role. But Archie knows they need more shooting, and, and he's trying to get that. Well, let me ask you this. Because Demisi Anderson, by all accounts, was an outstanding shooter in high school, and he can't hit the rim. So you can't build a shooter, but it looks like you can deconstruct one. Um, a lot of that's role, role and confidence. So much of being a shooter sometimes is... In high school, there's no repercussions if you miss. Right. Now you get yeah, to college. Yeah, he's got to still get his shots. Yeah. Now you get to college, and if you don't make it, you're coming out. Yeah. And that can mess with kids' heads. And the mental is it's a whole different animal, a whole different beast. And a coach can try to build you up as much as you want. Bottom line is if that kid can't mentally adjust to a different role, it becomes difficult. Uh, talking to Brian Snow from uh, 247sports.com. It is if you had to classify a program in it, they're all different, right? So it's unfair. Like you can't rank programs in Indiana; they're they're just different. Butler looks for one kind of kid. Purdue looks for a different kind of kid. Indiana's another. Ball State's another. Notre Dame's another. Which of those programs, though, do you think has the most upside moving forward next year and the year after? 
Um, you know, you look at maybe next year, Purdue's basically bringing everybody back. Yeah. So you have to like where they stand. They're a really young team this year. Um, and they've competed in the Big Ten. Now, right now, they probably missed the tournament. But they're bringing everybody back. It looks like the roster is where Matt Painter wants it. Butler, by the by a different token, they're losing Kamar Baldwin. They're losing yeah. Sean McDermott. Yeah. So it's hard to take a step forward when you lose your two best players. That's just reality. Um, Indiana, that always happens with Butler. They're always losing yeah, but two it's great not players. Like the, it's not like they're the most consistent pro. I know people have this like notion that they are. Like They've missed the tournament a few times now in the last decade. Like yeah. They just have. Um, and Butler's always built on being old. And I think there's a little bit of a bubble coming up because of the transition, the, all the coaching transition, be it Miller to Holtman, Holtman to Laval Jordan, that does impact your recruiting a little bit. Right. And I think you're going to see a bubble where they're not as old for a year. I think Butler has five guys signed coming in for next year. You almost never see Butler bring in a class of five. Um, so I think you know Butler's going to have a different a different growth process over the next couple years because they're going to be a little bit younger than they're used to being. Indiana's going to bring back most of their guys next year. They're recruiting fairly well as well. So, you know, Butler and Indy, or excuse me, Indiana and Purdue are going, they're different, but and they're in different places. But, you know, the roster's cores are together, and that's also what Laval has built with these last couple of classes, but you're going to see a little bit of a roster bubble right now in the senior class coming up for Butler. Okay, that makes sense. You like the way Ball State does business? I mean, I, you probably don't spend a whole lot of time I mean, obsessing only, over Ball State. With Ball State, you just got to keep bringing in good player, good, you know, good player for your level, good player for your level, and get old. Hope they stay and stay old. And that's really the only way to do it at the mid-major level now. And then you hope no one graduate transfers on you. Have you seen a year like this in college basketball in a while, where it, it seems like the middle is enormous? The top, I don't even know. What do you got? You got like Kansas and Baylor, yeah. right? Basically. And then, like, it's mediocre from, like, the number 16 in the country, maybe through 60. You know, it's funny. It's just kind of one of those things. It's, that's what happens when youth is in the play. And then so many more schools, every, everyone's got things now. Everyone's got great facilities. Everyone, you know, is on TV. The, the, right. advan- the inherent advantages that schools like Indiana had 25 years ago no longer exist. Like, you, you go within, like, four or five-hour radius of of the state. Yeah, the, thank you very much. There's so many good programs that have all the same stuff, maybe even better stuff than what Indiana has. So, And they're on TV, too. They're right. on ESPN. They're on Fox Sports. They're on CBS. Like, so, And then that kid, he's going to stare at a 1986 banner, and the only thing he's wondering is, was his dad born yet? Right. Like, right. what does that mean? <laughs> you know, 87, sorry, people. 87, man. But you know what I mean? Like, so that inherent advantage that I used to have, it no longer exists. Let me ask you one more question uh, about the transfer rules. If the NCAA goes ahead and allows the single-use transfer with immediate eligibility, no waiver, how does that affect college basketball? It'll have an impact. Um, I don't necessarily think it's a bad impact. I think the biggest thing it does is it holds coaches accountable. Yeah. Because um, coaches, you know, recruiting is lying. Let's just call it what it is. I know every fan likes to think, my coach doesn't lie in recruiting. Yeah, he does. Right. Because if you don't lie, you don't get the kid. Right. You don't get kids by telling them what they don't want to hear. Sorry, people, that's just reality. So now you look at it like, you know, if you bring in a grad transfer specifically to take a kid's minutes that you said was going to play a lot, he's going to feel a certain type of way about it. Yeah. As he should, by the way. 
So he might say, screw this. I'm going somewhere else. Does, does that affect Indiana with Lander because of Tennessee? I don't think with Lander. I mean, they're not, they're he both knows, point guards, right? Yeah, but he knows, he knows the deal. Like, he knows Rob Finnessy's there. It's not like they're hiding Rob Finnessy. Right. It's when you bring other people into your program to take what was promised to you, where you're going to be like, wait a minute, you told me this guy's leaving, this guy's coming in, and I'm going to have the, this role, and now you're bringing in another guy to take that role. But Who's Lander didn't come in to sit. Yeah. Well, yeah, but and he's going to be behind Finnessy. But again, he knows Rob's there, so right. it's not like okay. it's not a surprise. It's like is it a, sur- a surprise to Finnessy though? Is he like, what the hell is this? I got this five-star kid, you know, coming in maybe in the class at twenty. What am I doing? I would assume Finnessy would have a lot of confidence that a true freshman's not going to come take his minutes. It's when an older guy comes in to yeah. take your role. Okay, like let's say a freshman or right. a sophomore. Like all of a sudden you got this fifth-year senior coming in, and you're like. What the hell is this? Right. And I get it. Like, if coach is going to say, you, you're, we're going to treat you this way and this way, and they don't treat you that way, are you, how are you going to feel about that? Are you surprised Brunk struggled the way he has at Indiana? I don't know that he struggled. You know, he struggled the last few games. Right. But, you know, what, what's he averaging? Like, seven and five, seven and yeah. four or something? That's a solid contributor. Like eight minutes, six minutes, and that's the last few games, yeah, like you said. But they succeeded in those games. Well, part right. of the reason for that is because they've stopped playing 1981 basketball. Yeah. I mean, like, why the Big Ten plays the way they do is mind-boggling to me. I'm going to be really interested to watch the tournament, see if these Big Ten teams can adjust. So you look at a team like Illinois, they were terrible in the non-conference. And I do mean awful. But then they get to the Big Ten where everyone's playing with uh, two big guys and, you know, four forwards and, like, one guy who can dribble and throw back to 1984. And... No one else put no other league in the country plays that way, and that includes the NBA, that includes yeah. high school, that includes the ACC, the Big East. No one plays that way. Right. So I'll be interested to see how they adjust. And what you've seen is Indiana's going to Trace Jackson Davis is far more effective as a center. Race Thompson playing power forward makes the center more effective. Yeah. And then, you know, if Justin Smith's a power forward and Jerome Hunter's at the three, while that's still not perfect, it's better than having two centers where everyone's holding their hands around the lane and you have no floor spacing. So and everyone's getting in each other's way. It seems like the officiating's been really uneven. Oh, like it's, they, it's it, been even. They haven't called anything. Well, but they did against Penn State. Indiana, Penn State, forty-six fouls. Like they called everything. No, they Little didn't call touches. every. No, no, they called tackling. Usually oh, they just no. don't call tackling. Like on the perimeter, a guy gets a little bit of a slap on his forearm, not shooting, but a little bit of a touch. They, they were That's calling that. That's a foul. Yes, it is it's a foul. foul but they haven't called the Big Ten. A month ago, they didn't call it. Well, like that's because they're idiots. He got mauled. That's because they're idiots. <laughs> the officials are who? The way the Big Ten is officiated is, is absolutely moronic. Yeah. It's football. It is not basketball. Like, literally, open field tackles do not get caught. Like, guys are more likely to get thrown out for targeting. <laughs> and they don't get caught for fouls. <laughs> All right, man. Enjoy your lunch. Thank you very much. <laughs> appreciate I appreciate it. it. That's a great Brian Snow from 247sports.com. Breakfast with Kent tomorrow morning, as always, at 8 o'clock on Facebook Live and then 815 Periscope Live and Twitter. Talk to you tomorrow morning. Brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry.